Today at the Radio Backyard Fence, author, thinker, poet, Bible teacher, artist, Jackie Hill Perry will join us. Welcome to the Wednesday Conversation I have been looking forward to. At the start of the year, we often try to get on a new track, a new path that we know will lead to good things. But a lot of time that new path can lead to an older rut that we get into. We make resolutions, we have good intentions, but we fail to follow through. I had an email earlier today, a fellow said that he made a resolution last year to lose 10 pounds, and at the end of the year, he still had 15 to go. <laughs> I, I uh, identify with that. Many have made the commitment in 2024 to spend time in God's Word in the morning. First thing, as soon as your, your eyes open and you can make a cup of coffee, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to start my day, and go connect with my Heavenly Father. How do you do that? And how do you not have it become something that becomes a, another check to put on your to-do list? That's where Jackie comes in. Her new book, Upon Waking, is our featured resource. It's a 60-day devotional. It's a bestseller already. And I think that's because, number one, people really connect with her writing and her heart. And number two, this is a felt need for just about everybody. So let's talk about it. Today on Chris Fabry Live, let me thank our team, Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Trisha is our producer. Gabby T is in the chair today. Anthony will be answering your calls if you'd like to uh, join us. And the other team members are those who support this program. Part of the devotional life is prayer, and that's a huge struggle for many people. I'm sure we're going to talk with Jackie about that today. Our gift to you this month, if you will support this program with a gift of any size, is Dr. Bill Thrasher's book, How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. And today I read about turning your temptation into an opportunity to pray for someone else. Dr. Thrasher writes, identify and confess your most persistent and challenging temptation. And then he says, write it on a sheet of paper. And then ask God to give you a prayer burden that every time you are tempted in this way, you will be prompted to pray that prayer about that prayer request. So basically, it's a prayer request. He says, let it be a prayer request that will damage Satan's kingdom as God answers it. In this way, you're using the temptation in your life to sin to become a motivation to pray in a strategic way. I like that. And there are a lot of other practical suggestions in this little book. I'd love to send you a copy. Call 866-95-FABRY, 866-953-2279. Give a gift of any size. We'll send you How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. Or go to the website. That's the easiest way to do it. ChrisFabryLive.org, ChrisFabryLive.org. And thanks for your support of the Radio Backyard Fence. I don't feature many devotionals here on this program for several different reasons. But when I saw this new book by Jackie Hill Perry, I said, we got to talk about that. And January is a great time to do it. And one reason that I wanted to talk with her about it is she says in the introduction that devotionals aren't her cup of tea. <laughs> and if she would say that at the very beginning of the book, I said, I've got to ask her about that. So I'm hoping that this conversation is an encouragement to you. If you don't know her, Jackie Hill Perry is an author, poet, Bible teacher, artist, since she became a Christian, she's been compelled to use her speaking and teaching gifts to share the light of the gospel of God as authentically as she can. At home, she's wife to Preston, mom to Eden, Autumn, Sage, and August, 
who are 953 and 2, and they have a dog. The featured resource today <laughs> is Upon Waking. I didn't say the name of the dog. December is the name of the dog. Jackie, welcome back. How you doing today? <laughs> Hi, how are you? How's December doing? Is December doing okay? De- this December is probably peeing in somebody's <laughs> bed, to be honest. Yeah. So how old <laughs> is December? Reckless. How old is he? He's two. He's okay. two. So we made the mistake. Nobody warned us. We made the mistake of getting December uh, maybe a month or so after I had my third child. So we had a baby <laughs> dog and a baby human all at once. <laughs> That's hard. That is hard. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, well, uh, there's one prayer request then we could put in there. Okay. So <laughs> why did you say in the introduction that you struggle? This is not your cup of tea. You struggle with devotionals. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us do. Uh, I think devotionals feel like small talk to me. And I don't like small talk because it feels shallow. It feels insincere. It feels... Uh, I know it's necessary for us to have intimacy and go deeper, but sometimes I just want to go deep, you know? And so I think that's that was my beef with devotionals is that it felt like y'all were just giving me a bunch of flowers when I actually needed something to go deep into the soil. Mm-hmm. And so I think writing the devotional was like, okay, how can I create a resource uh, that actually gives people what I think we all want, which is depth and biblical depth. You know, and when I read that, I th- I thought about you know, there's some classic uh, devotionals, my utmost and, For and sure. streams in the desert, and those. Types. And you're not throwing all devotionals under the bus, but no contemporary. The, the way that I have responded to them is sometimes it feels like I'm reading the work that someone else did to have a relationship with God, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. But the way I feel is it keep it they do the work <laughs> they do the work for me and I I have mm. to you know work may be the wrong word but I want to spend the time I want to think through a passage I want to th- let mm. God's Spirit show me how it applies to me does that ring a bell? No, that makes sense because yeah i do think that sometimes devotionals can feel or come across as holding your hand <laughs> rather than giving you the instruction so that you know how to cross the street alone and not alone because you need the holy spirit but tell me that so i could do it and learn and grow in discernment and wisdom yeah well but that, in, i think that's the newer brand cuz i don't yeah. think spurgeon communicated mm. like that i don't think uh, oswalds um, writing was that way. And so to me, there's something in the water when it comes to this kind of newer age of devotionals that we need to address. And I think you you put your finger out right there, that what you are trying to do is not answer all the questions of a passage or a verse or you know a, a text, not answer all the questions, but bring up the questions lead us to deeper thought in our relationship with God and who he really is rather than who we want him to be, right? Mm, Yeah. And honestly, some of that might be, because I've started to process what it looks like for particular spiritual gifts to show up in writing styles. And so I think with Upon Waking, what you're really seeing is that I have the spiritual gift of teaching. 
And so part of it is, I think a teacher and a leader does not tell you everything all at once. They give you just enough so that you have to work this thing out in the text with the Holy Spirit in community on your own. And so I think that's probably what's happening. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. And and that's much of the contemporary, and it probably happened before too, but it's, and even with our evangelistic efforts, it's like we're answering all these questions that our non-Christian friends aren't asking, <laughs> you know? And, and it, mm. it, it's more about... I want to feel good about what I know about God and and lead you there rather than saying, okay, what, what's what's the problem that you have? So there are more questions that come up when you go that direction mm-hmm. in a devotional uh, and some that you have to grapple with and some that, are, you know, frankly, are unanswerable. We don't have a real good mm-hmm. answer to that because we're, we're thinking of it from a human perspective and we're trying to understand the eternal being of God, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's. I think what you just said is actually really big and complex, low key. But I think one of the things that I've tried to navigate in my own life, and even with people that I'm leading or te- teaching or whatever, is that we won't have the answer <clears throat> to everything. But there are some very plain and clear things in Scripture that can at least give us some wisdom on how to navigate everything, which mm-hmm. is God is real. God created everything. He is good. He died for our sins, rose from the dead, and calls all men to die to themselves and love him above all. That will clarify a lot of questions that we might actually have. If we ha- but but I think the problem is we don't have a not I'm not going to say we don't because we do. I think we have to lift up the doctrine of God more than anything as a way to answer our questions. So even in our evangelism and our apologetics, are we also talking about God himself more than we talk about why people don't love him, why people aren't getting married, why everybody's having sex with everybody, the porn addiction, like all of that is indicative of what we think about God. So let's deal with him and then we'll start to answer some really profound questions. Does that make sense? It does. And, I hope so. And the and the point of uh, and and it's in the prayer book and it's in your book. The point of this is not to try to be somebody else, not to be somebody you're not. It's to be to bring your authentic uh, voice and your your sin and your questions and all of that to a God who wants to have a relationship with you and to understand him for who he is so that he can help you understand who you really are. This is going to be good. Upon waking, Jackie Hill Perry is with us. It's our featured resource. Click through the information for today's program at chrisfabrylive.org. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. Author, poet, Bible teacher, artist Jackie Hill Perry is with us today. Her new book is a devotional. It's a 60-day devotional. It's titled Upon Waking, and you can find it as our featured resource today at the website chrisfabrylive.org. Maybe this topic is one that you have struggled with, a, a devotional that you, you know, you've, you're so busy, you're, you're so fractured, you know, and there's our attention spans and all of that. And you struggle with that. I'm hoping this will be an encouragement to you. Uh, first thing in the morning, Tricia mentioned this the other day, that this is her new routine. Rather than waiting for a little bit later in the morning when things calm down, she wants to do this for the very 
first part of the day when she wakes up? What is the value of doing that? And is that what you do? Hmm. It is not what I do. (laughs) And so I think it is valuable, though, to give God your attention first thing in the morning. What that looks like, you have to determine, you know? So there are times when when I wake up, the immediate thing I do is turn over and read my Bible. There are other times when when I wake up, the immediate thing I do is go and brush my teeth. But while I'm brushing my teeth, I actually have scriptures on my mirror that I'm thinking about and processing with and praying about as I'm actively brushing my teeth. Or there's times where I skip all of that, but while I'm in the, the car, I'm listening to the audio Bible and praying as I listen. And so there's different methods by which I'm meeting with God, but I'm still meeting with God, you know? And so I think it's really a matter of the heart and the heart recognizing that we are so needy of him, but we also need to, I think, remind ourselves that he's worthy. Like, you know, our coffee really can't give us the power we need. (laughs) (laughs) It helps though, doesn't it? (laughs) It helps, but there's too many devils out here. I, I need power. Exactly. And and that gets to a point that you and Preston talked about. I was watching a video uh, earlier today, and you it's a hoot and a half to watch you two together, you and your husband. <laughs> but he made a really good point uh, in that, in the utilitarian nature of prayer or of a devotional life. And that is, you, we want to be made useful. We want to be equipped. We want to be victorious. I want to prepare for the day ahead. I want to live in power, et cetera, et cetera. And we kind of skate past the fact that it seems like God really wants to have a relationship with us. He values <laughs> that time with us as his child. Talk about that. Mm. Yeah, when he said that, because he said something about how it's not just that God wants to know me so he can use me, is that God yes. wants to know me. Which is the whole point of everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why Jesus came, was to reconcile us back to the Father so that we would know him and have relationship with him. And I think it can sometimes feel, maybe it's because God is transcendent. And so he exists outside of time. He exists differently from us. We can't see him, all the things, where it feels more transactional than anything. Um, But I also think that God is generous with himself, that even if we do come to him on a transactional type of situation, where it's like, God, I need your help. He meets us and gives us peace or meets us and gives us comfort or or meets us and calms our mind. And so there is something that still happens between us and God as we meet him, even if we meet him for something other than himself. Okay, so answer this question. What does he get out of it? What is it? You know, if I get up early God? in the morning, yeah. What does God get out of this? Me get, I get up early in the morning and I read a psalm and I read a proverb and I read the devotion. I read upon waking and I look in the New Testament. Whatever I do, and then I fold my hands and I close my eyes and I say, "Okay, here's what's happening today, and this is what I need you to do, God." And then at the end, in Jesus' name, and I'm gone. Does he get anything mm-hmm. out of that? He gets glory you get him. And and I think that's that's something, you know, because he doesn't need it. He's completely self-sufficient. And so he doesn't need our worship. He doesn't need our praise. He doesn't need our little devotionals. He doesn't need it. But he does delight in his saints, delighting in him. And in the meantime, as we delight in him, we're made more like him. We get to, like if you if you look at Jesus, you have Jesus 
meeting with the father on the mountain, talking to the father, praying with the father, asking like before he does anything, like he's, if Jesus, the perfect human, the God man was needy for his father, how much more should us, these raggedy daggedy people that we are be meeting with the Lord? And so it's, it, it benefits us more than it benefits God. Um, yes. Uh, yes. And uh, there are a thousand thoughts that I have that one of them is that at the, at the baptism of Jesus and there, he didn't need baptism mm. for forgiveness. You know, he'd never done anything yeah. wrong. Um, but the father said of him, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And one of the, one of the uh, translations says that he delights in, and I've all I've mm. tried to think of that as if God delighted in Jesus and I am in Christ, then He delights in me as a part of as a part of Jesus, right? Yes, yeah, which is hard to believe, you know, uh, because I'm reading this book now about um, I don't remember the title, but it has a chapter that says, "I know God loves me, but does He like me?" Yes. And I think that might be something that many of us, I know I struggle with, is feeling like, yeah, I get that you love me. You love everybody. You are love. But like? Like, that's different. That feels more, I don't know, that feels more personal to me sometimes for somebody to like me. Um, But I think that's where the whole understanding of being in Christ anchors us to say that if I am in Jesus, then God does delight in me. But it's not also because I'm in Jesus. It's also because God made me, right? Like I'm his creature, I'm his creation. So it's not like he just likes me because I'm in Christ. He also delights in something that he made. He made my personality. He made my skin color. He made my height. He values me. That's what it means to be made in the image of God is that I have value. And so I I wonder even how that would reflect in how we engage with God in our prayer time, like if if we would seek him more, if we actually believe that he wanted us, yes. you know, like I wonder if that would actually motivate some of us to pray a little more than we do. I think, I think that I've lived that way, you know, that God, you know, he died for me. He, he forgave me. And, you know, he's, he's going to be in heaven because of what he did and nothing that I've done. But I've I've just felt like he kind of <laughs> he kind of tolerates me, uh, and yeah. maybe and maybe that's the the whole projection thing that I I put on God the way I feel about other people, you know, uh, friends mm-hmm. that I have. There's like, well, you got this friend, but I yeah, I don't necessarily wouldn't wouldn't spend the weekend, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of tolerate the the friendship. Uh, I don't have too many of those, by the way. I've, I've, most, of, most of my friends I, I really like and want to spend time with. But I wonder if that's not it, that we, we've made God like ourselves rather than see yeah. him for who he is. And really, if you, if you are, uh, live under what you're talking about, that he really values his time with me and he likes me, that takes faith, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's and it's faith in his word, <laughs> which begins to also speak to a situation. So let me back up. If I am struggling with believing that God loves me, delights in me because I'm in Christ, all the things that I have value as an image bearer, 
then that kind of governs or determines the way I move through life, how I see myself, how I see God, maybe how I treat my neighbor, all the things. Because if I don't think I have value, then they might pour out into how I think other people, if they have value too, right? Which deals with the whole James 3 type of situation. And so I think what fixes that or what deals with that is time in the scriptures. Because it's time in the scriptures where I'm able to see the truth. What does God say about himself? What did Jesus reveal God to be? That he is good, that he's not a liar, all the things. And so it it, it speaks to like, man, let's say I do not believe what is true about myself. I don't feel like reading the Bible. I don't feel like meeting with God in the morning. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like getting in community, but I need to love truth. And so let me open up this book and see what God has to say about reality. And from that place, Holy Spirit, help me to believe this word and apply it to my heart, which then thus changes how I see myself, how I see God and how I treat other people. And so that's why the word is so important, Mr. Fabry, is that it helps to realign and renew our minds so that like, because the devil is such an accuser of the brethren. He wants us to have these views of God that are utterly demonic. Honestly, he wants us to think low of God's nature instead of accurate of God's nature. And I just, I I, I just don't like that energy he'd be given. And so. Mm. Amen. Yeah. So, so the, and this is what I've, I've always said about the Bible, that it's not a, a list of rules to follow. This is about a relationship and that the life, the Christian life is not that. It's not just of, you know, doing this and not doing that. It's a transformation. And the transformation, uh, you can see this in, in people's lives who are addicted to one thing or another, and God uh, takes them out of that immediately. But in a lot of other people's lives, it's a, it's a process. It's a time thing. And you see that transformation both places. And I think a devotional life is where God seeps through the cracks of our own heart, you know, and gives mm-hmm. us the the this his spirit he gives us that truth so that we day by day we act on it and it becomes a part of us in transformation rather than just this is something that i believe and i can answer the question on the quiz so that's yeah. what you are really trying to to uh, stimulate. You're saying you're trying to stir us up in the introduction. You said that. That's what you're stirring yeah. us up to do. Yeah, it's kind of like that text. I, I, I feel like it's Corinthians somewhere, but where Paul says, uh, day by day, we are being transformed. You know, every single day, God is making us new. Every single day, He is doing a thing. You know, but the Bible also says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in us to willing to work for his good pleasure. And so there is a sense in which even though God is sanctifying us, we still need to participate in that sanctification. And a part of participating in that sanctification is meeting with God, is meeting with saints, right? So this also isn't a solo singular thing where I can just become like Jesus in isolation. It still isn't good for man to be alone. Like we still need other saints. Even Hebrews speaks to how, you know, exhort one another every day while today is still today. So you will not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so I think the devotional life is a way to continue in becoming a new person. Jackie Hill Perry is with us today. Let me give you our phone number, 877-548-3675. Has this been a problem for you? Is there a, a struggle that you have in your devotional life? 
for, for example, distraction. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Upon Waking is her new book. It's our featured resource at chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. But you're talking to people who are busy and overwhelmed, and some like you have these little kids, nine and younger, I can only imagine what it's like, not and and a two year old dog. <laughs> um, what do you say to the person who says you don't? Un- I, I live in a tornado. It's like that every day from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed. What do you say to that person? Yeah. One, uh, that's hard. Two, life is busy. Three, so was Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was walking everywhere. He was healing lepers. He was raising folks from the dead. Even when he tried to go to sleep on the boat, they waking him up. Now he got to calm the sea and things. He's he's over here hearing, healing blinded eyes and uh, casting out demons and then sitting on the side of the road with people. Like Jesus was busy, but yet and still, he still met with the father. And in the devotional, one thing that I address is that I think our issue is not busyness. I think our issue is pride mm-hmm. Be- because... If we believe that we need God, then it does not matter what is happening in our calendar. We're going to make sure that we submit that calendar to God, right? But if we do believe that we're sufficient because we know a lot or because we've been with God enough or because we're pastors or because we're deacons or because, you know, we went to seminary, like if we think that that is sufficient for us, then we will blame our busyness instead of recognizing that we just simply need to humble ourselves. I want you to go into more detail about that when we come back. Jackie Hill Perry, Upon Waking is the devotional, our featured resource at chrisfabrylive.org. Our number is 877-548-3675. We've been talking the last few months here on Chris Fabry Live about Karenette. Not everybody has heard of this ministry. I just asked Jackie, and Jackie said, yeah, I know Karenette. We are trying to change uh, the fact that some people don't know about them. There are a lot of facets to the ministry, like a diamond. There's the counseling side, the woman in crisis who calls and says, I don't want to do this, but I don't really see any other way. And she's given real hope and help. But there are also the women and men who are living with deep regret and guilt, this dark cloud that hovers over them about a decision they made decades ago or last year or last month. And that's why the ARC ministry is there. ARC stands for Abortion Recovery and Care. And I've been uh, talking about the director of that program, Jill. I've been saying her name incorrectly, <laughs> M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. It's Marquis. Jill has traveled that road of regret. And wouldn't you know, God has used that place in her own heart to bring healing and help, recovery and care to those who are walking that same trail today. I want to get Jill on the program here soon to talk about CareNet and what they do with uh, ARC. But if this is you, and if you never told anybody, it's been years and years and you, you've kept this secret, or you know somebody and they're weighed down by that decision that they made, they don't have to stay there. Tell them about CareNet. Click the green CareNet button at chrisfabrylive.org. 
chrisfabrylive.org. It might be something that changes their heart and life and gives them a new lease on life. Click the green CareNet button there at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Jackie Hilperry has written Upon Wakening. I'm sorry. I did what you, your husband did. Wakening. Mm-hmm. Upon waking, it's got a bird on the front of it. I don't know what kind of bird that is, but the bird is singing, and I like the singing part of it. Um, I, I want you to talk about that pride thing one more time and develop that before we take our, our first call here today. Uh, so take me back to what you were talking about, that we pride keeps us away from our time with God. Yeah, I think I think it I think it's a le- legitimate thing to say, hey, I have a full schedule. I have a limited margin, um and it makes it difficult for me to, you know, have a regular or consistent time with God. I think that le- the legitimacy of it would be more compelling if he wasn't God. <laughs> you know, like if he was some other being. But the fact that like we live and we move and we have our being in him the fact that he died for our sins and rose to give us life. It, the fact that we have treasure, like we have this treasure in jars of clay. Like we don't, we don't, we're not sufficient for much of what God has given us to do, especially if we have the audacity to be people who profess the name of Christ. And so we need his power. We need his grace. We need his love. We Like if we're mother, like if I, as a mother, let alone just being a mommy, <laughs> like I need so much grace to be able to love these children in the way that God has called me to. And so I think it is, I think it's convenient to say that it's busyness rather than to say that it's pride. I think humility would say, yes, I am busy, but I need him. I need him. And so because I need him, I must meet with him. If that's five minutes, if that's seven minutes, if that's an hour, whatever, just do it. So it's a heart posture more than it's about time, you know? I think we get hung up on the whole time thing, you know, and and that comes from, because mm-hmm. I used to ask every uh, person who came along, you know, so what's your devotional life? A famous pastor, speaker, writer, whatever, what's your thing? And the one that stuck with me the most was Stuart Briscoe, who passed away recently. And he's, he would say, before my head hits the pillow, I get my nose in the book. <laughs> so that is, you know, that is at any point of the day, I want to get, have that connection with God and that kind of freed me up from, oh, I got to do this. I got to have this amount of time. You just are connecting. So let's connect yeah. you with some listeners. Wayne's in Miami. Hi, Wayne. Go right ahead. Hi. How you doing, Chris? Doing great. Glad to be on the program today. Yeah. God bless you. Happy New Year. And in Miami, they say, Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, um, before I go and say anything, I just want to say, Jackie, I am so, wow. When I heard your testimony and stuff like that, uh, when I first read when you came on, and I used to listen to all your stuff, and it was, wow. I wish my sister would have a chance to um, hear your testimony and share your testimony before she passed away. She had passed away wow. a long time in 04. So, um, but, okay. yeah, um, Jackie, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I'm glad I've got the opportunity to even talk to you because um, it was such a good thing that God led me to this program. But I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm glad you shared out how we can have um, time with the Lord to spend devotion with the Lord. And sometimes I think I, I'm not doing the best that I'm doing because before I go to work, I will pray. I set aside to mm-hmm. pray before I start working. 
because I work for the airline. <clears throat> and then I'm on a prayer line also. But at my own time, I don't, I, 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 it's so hard to get devotion. And sometimes I fall into the same trap with the pride thing. I did this, I did that. You know, I'm cool with that. I'm, you know, because I'm a gatekeeper at my church. I go to Antioch uh, Church in Miami. And, you know, you, you, go, you get caught up into those things. And you just don't, we just don't spend the time with Christ. And I love when you brought up that point that Jesus did so much stuff, but yet in the early morning, he go away and be with the Father. And I think I lack a lot of that devotion, you know what I mean? Because okay, even by, You know what, Wayne, you, you're bringing up a couple of different things, and one of them is this whole, uh, this whole thing of prayer and then how do I feel about my devotional life? And who who judges, or at least this is what I'm interpreting from what Wayne is saying, who judges how what how good it is? You know, because he said I, I don't feel very good about it. Well, is the is the point of it me feeling good about myself again, or is the point of it really that connection? That so, Jackie, what do you say about that? Hmm, that's fantastic. My mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think my mind immediately goes to what really is ever good enough, right? Like yes. he's he's holy and he's pure and we can't meet his standard, <laughs> but Christ did. And so I think knowing that everything I give is still not good enough, but I'm giving it in faith and saying, hey, this is all I have. But in Christ Jesus, I hope you'll accept it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, even this morning, I was reading uh, about Cain and Abel with my daughters, and about how God didn't accept uh, Cain's offering. And then, and I, as I prayed over us, I thought about, but Lord, you accepted Christ's offering. Like, you accepted Him, and I'm in Him. You know, so mm. I don't come bringing it like you better take my 15 minutes of prayer and accept. You better love this. It's like, no, like <laughs> this is all I have. And I'm in, I'm in your son and you see me when you see it. And so I, I don't think we can ever be good enough. And that's okay. It really is. It's actually to realize that is a grace from him. You know, it's him mm. pointing out and 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 you come back to that whole thing what when what is good enough how much is enough time i i continually feel this um scorn you know the, god looking over the portals of heaven shaking his head and rolling yeah. his eyes and oh, this is the best you could do you know and if you yeah. if that's the way you feel in in coming to him, then you're not going to do. You know the enemy's working overtime to get you to think that. But if you if you see, uh, and I'm not telling people to visualize, but if I have a friend who leans into me, leans up against the table and leans closer to me, and is really engaged and is not, you know, God's not looking at his phone when when I pray to him. He's really engaged. Mm. If you feel mm. that kind of connection with God at some point, no matter how long you're, you know, you're doing the reading or praying, um, that's going to change your your posture to him, isn't it? Yeah. I remember there was a season. So mind you, I've had a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old. So there was a batch of time where I was just having babies. And in between that, I'm writing books, I'm traveling, I'm teaching, I'm making music. So 
I, I can be a busybody. So I was making babies and being busy doing the most. And during that season, thinking about getting up early in the morning seemed psychotic. I was like, Lord, <laughs> the baby done got up four times last night. And now you want me to get back up while the baby is sleeping. It just didn't make sense in my brain. But I sensed the grace. And this grace was communicated to me by having older mothers in my life. There was this grace for that season where it was like the Lord was like, whatever you can give me. So if it's a if it's a song at 2 a.m. when you're with your baby, if it's mm-hmm. while, while they're give, having a bath, you're just listening to my word. Like, just give me what you can give me. But as my children started to sleep through the night, I kind of sensed like the Lord was like, OK, you can get up now. Like now <laughs> at this point, this is laziness. <laughs> this ain't ex- exhaustion. And so I think being sensitive to God's spirit in community with other saints to even determine if you're good enough is actually like God might be calling you to do more. He he actually might be, or he might be very satisfied in the more that you're giving. Um, so it, community has really helped me to determine those seasons. Yeah. I just hope people feel the smile of God on their, you know, mm-hmm. whatever effort they're putting forth. And you know what it was for me? Cause we've had a number of kids, my wife and I've had a number of kids too. And there was a season when I would get up and, and the baby's crying, hungry, bring the baby back to bed, fall, fall into bed. But there was that sound of the child feeding, suckling, you know, getting mm-hmm. the sustenance that the child needed. And there was just something Mm. pure and holy about that, especially thinking, uh, you know, going after Christmas, especially thinking of Jesus, that God went to that length to become one of us, to be our kinsman redeemer, even so much to come down a birth canal of a young girl Mm. and then to, to suckle at her breast and to take nourishment from her the the and this is why people have a hard time believing it it's just it seems unbelievable that there would be a being who would care that much for us yes it makes no sense i don't really even know what to say <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense i was even reflecting on that before uh christmas you know even about how he came into the world you know like they're looking for the end and there's no room for it and so they have to go into this house and sleep where the animals sleep and i'm like lord you could have decided to to come into the world like the king you are you could have came and been in a palace you could have came and been this person with social economic status you could have been that but you chose to yes. fully be the lowest of the lowest, even though you deserve the highest of the highest. It makes absolutely no sense. See, for me, if that had yeah. happened, if that had happened for me, it would have been poor planning. <laughs> you know, if we'd have to sleep, <laughs> you know, with the animals or have the baby out there. For God, it was uh, sovereign. It was his mm. choice. He chose to do that. In fact, redemption itself, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. This was not yeah. God's plan B for the oops of the garden. This was his mm. plan all along. Wrap your mind around that. You're going to have to get up pretty early in the morning, and this is a great resource mm. to do that. It's called Upon Waking by Jackie Hill Perry. It's our featured resource. We have a link right there at chrisfabrylive.org. I've seen it on several bestseller lists already, and there's good reason for that. 
Just go to chrisfabrylive.org. More of your calls for Jackie straight ahead on Moody Radio. Jackie Hill Perry is with us today. Upon Waking is our featured resource. Rosaria Butterfield is going to be with us tomorrow. I hope you can hear that conversation. And uh, thanks for your support at the Radio Backyard Fence. Can't do what we do without you. Pamela is up next in Chicago. Hi, Pamela. Go right ahead. Hi, Chris. I listen to you um, occasionally in my vehicle, so I don't get to listen to you all the time, but I do love your show. Thank and, you. And uh, so it's great. Uh, Miss Jackie, I'm new to mm-hmm. your testimony. I just was surfing the the YouTube, and I happened to see C.C. Winans mentioning something about a program in Tennessee where you're going to be a speaker. So I did a little research to see just who you were, and that's how I found out about your testimony. But, you know, to God be the glory. So just to, 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 to backtrack a little bit, I was raised as a Christian, and growing up, I you know, I, I, I married and had kids, and I've always wanted to be formal in the, in how I, because I know that the answer is in the Word of God, and I love the Word of God. It is so true. It's a living Word, and more recently, it's been a miraculous testimony for my son, who's been delivered uh, for over 21 years, suffered with various things. But at any rate, uh, I want to be organized and intentional on getting the Word in me. But in the past, I've always mm-hmm. gone for an emergency, get a little Word, emergency, because I was a, I was a wife single mother of kids with ailments and, you know, a daughter of a sick mother. And so I just, it's just running from emergency to emergency. I've never been able to formally get the word in an organized fashion, like a course, like a class that I desired. Even now as a retired Mm -hmm. adult, I still am so busy doing things for other people. I want to be intentional about getting the word of God in me. So are, could you, or do you have some pointers? And I, I know I've got devotionals, but it's got to be, I know you have a devotional, but it's got to be like something special because I mean, mm. I got devotionals. I'm 68. I got a bookshelf full of different things that just, it's just, <laughs> mm-hmm. how do I get it in me? How do I get it in me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that's great. So I'll just speak for me. One is having a diet of Bible. And so every single day reading it Two, having a thorough Bible uh, uh, study Bible where I can look at cross references, where I can be introduced to different commentaries. I think three, um, one thing I've done is if I have a teacher that I that is teaching me scripture, I'll, apart from even my pastor, I'll just watch them often while I'm walking, while I'm working out. So I'm on this Alistair Begg binge nowadays. So every time I get on a treadmill, which is about four days a week, I'm watching our Alistair Begg sermon and having conversations with other believers. I think people underestimate the power of how scripture can get inside of our hearts by re- like conversing about it with other saints. What do you think about Genesis 3? Wasn't that crazy when that happened? Da, 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 da. And it's something about that process that really does form and shape our hearts. Mm-hmm. Or you can go back to school too. So I go to seminary. Well, that's all that was what I was thinking. There are different <laughs> seminaries and, and uh, Moody has some really good courses as well uh, that are yeah. specific systematic theology where you, you go through 
And, and but you know, sixty eight, you're uh, Pamela. You're a kid. You're still young. And so I'm <laughs> I'm glad that you have that hunger. And I just want to affirm that hunger in you that you you take that to God and that you ask him okay what's the, uh, don't let the hunger be to get to a point because we've been talking about this the last few years Jackie and that is I want the outcome I want to know all the answers to all the most asked questions or the questions that the atheists ask I want to have the great answers for that or whatever it is and what we really need more than answers we need him that's that's what mm. From your ministry and from this book, that's what I'm taking. We need him. Now, one more question before we end here. Pamela, thank you. Prayer. Talk about prayer, how hard it is for so many people. I mean, the the dead prayer life is what what we're giving, uh, how to resurrect Mm -hmm. it. It's what we're giving this month. But how do you view prayer any differently than what we've just talked about? Oh, man. Um. I think when I first became a Christian at 19, prayer was something that I was supposed to do. Um, I think now prayer is something that I have to do. And a part of the difference between what I thought then and what I think now is suffering. I think God has put me through some stuff. Um, I'm even in a season now that's just difficult. And there's something about trials. There's something about tribulation. There's something about suffering that puts you on your face. And I think that's why God allows it because he's great and he's gracious. And he knows that when we have too much prosperity, when we have too much ease, when we have too much comfort, we forget about him. And even that was Moses's warning to Israel in Deuteronomy before they crossed over. Like, do not forget who delivered you when everything gets easier Um, And so I think the way I think about prayer is I need God. It really is that simple. I am a jar of clay, but the surpassing power belongs to God and not to me. So I need him. Not only do I need him from power, I need him for forgiveness. I am also sinful. I am not as humble as I want to be. I am not as kind as I want to be. I am not as gracious as I want to be. So I need him to forgive me and fill me with the power to be just like him. I need him to give me the grace to love my neighbor. I need him to renew my mind. I done been through all types of stuff and my brain don't work well. And so I I need him and he delights in that, you know? And so idols were always offered themselves up as an as a sufficient alternative to Jesus. But Jesus really is the only bread of life. And so we got to go to him and be filled. This is, uh, this is really special. After 60 Days, I'll come back and, and tell you what it's done in my heart. Upon Waking by Jackie Hill Perry. Jackie, thanks for sharing your heart and your life and your kids and your husband and your, even your dog with us today. God, God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. You can find out more about Jackie at the website chrisfabrylive.org. Our program's a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.